Ah. Ah. Alright, here we go. Alrighty. Alright. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Late for the Party on Anchor FM. I am your host, Melodious, a.k.a. Cubaboy, the modern marvel. That's right, you guys. We're going to get into a quick-fire review of Disney, of all, uh, pretty much Marvel's Eternals, the MCU's latest film. I didn't get a chance to see it last year, but I wound up seeing it on Disney+. Plus. Um, but before we get into that, I'm going to give a little quick-fire review on that as well. But before I get into that, please like, comment, share, subscribe, and support to the podcast and all that other cheerful stuff I do on social media. You can listen to all your listening pleasures on all 10 platforms where you listen to all your podcasting, um, to all my podcasting and whatnot. Um, the link will be in the description. It's all in my bio as well. Also, you can follow me on TikTok as well, you guys. Oh my gosh, here we go. Also, check out all the cool Late for the Party merch on teespring.com. Like I said, the bio will be in the link in my link tree on all my bios on my social media and whatnot where you can get all the cool nifty things that i do and that you that i do ah who cares <laughs> anyway let's get this party started okay so we're doing a quick fire review on marvel's eternals hmm now coming from me being a big fan of jack the king kirby and whatnot I don't know, is it is it just me or I'm feeling like Marvel's having a hard time doing most of their their like cosmic level like stuff? I mean yeah, to me I think they should just keep things directly towards Earth because something tells like cause the Eternals gate kind of gave me the same vibe that the show in humans was doing. And honestly, I feel like they're not it's not holding any water. I mean, for me, the Eternals movie, it was, what, two hours and, what, 35 minutes. It was a little drowned out. Uh, the plot was all over the place. There was just too much stuff going on. The relationship was supposed to be a love story, relate a family movie, but all the characters, like, all the ten... Eternals that were in it, you didn't really feel that love, that 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 connection, and the love interest between Cersei and Icarus was just so. It was not there. That little that little sex scene that they that PG thirteen sex scene didn't even really feel like it was. You know, it was forced. There was really no chemistry amongst everybody. Um, I'm already going into all the bad shit. Um, let's see. Uh, I didn't like how they created the deviants. The deviants, to me, like you know, for those who may or may not know, Thanos is half eternal, half deviant. I mean, in the MCU, it's either one or the other. So, if anything. I mean, I like how, I don't like how their whole vibe with how the, the Deviants, you know, they're more primal, and it was just kind of like, eh, it didn't really 
feel like to me like they were really putting much emphasis on how the deviants were being objected by the celestials don't get me wrong the celestial part of it was actually cool i don't mind that the problem is is that i feel like to put all this in a two hour and 30 something odd minute film it felt like eternals had to be a two it felt like it really had to be like a two-part movie if anything for like I'm not really trying to get into too many spoilers or whatnot, but from being in top to bottom, I mean, from where, how it ends and everything, like, you would think that would be more into a second film rather than, you know, kind of cramming everything all at once. Because, you know, all the characters that they have in the Eternals, they only have, like... What they have like 10 people, which honestly, if you're going to do too many people in one film, you should like dial it down to maybe focusing the attention on maybe, especially if you're doing a team movie, like especially if it's like a, a big team, like you should try to dial it between maybe like seven or eight, because in the comic books, there's 12, there's 12 Eternals in, in, um, in total. But, I mean, it's a whole race of Eternals, but, like, the ones that are the main ones, the most focused, there's usually 12. There's mainly 12, but in the movie, they focuses on they focus on 10. And then, in the comic book, of course, it's different from night and day, but the character, like, the Eternals are, like, almost the equivalent. Most of the, the Eternals all have the equivalent to what the powers of like, almost Superman-level-ish powers, like, superhuman strength, you know, energy projection, could shoot from their hands and eyes, and then some Eternals might have, like, different abilities, like, teleportation or manipulation of, like, sight and sound or, you know, control minds, or, and then there was a lot of red herrings as well to where, like, couple of plot twists and few changes that to me really didn't make any kind of sense um you know and i feel like most of the characters abilities in the movie was powered down compared to how they would all be in the comic books which is kind of like if you were going to focus most of their attention like you know icarus he's kind of like a lower powered version of superman you know, the ability to fly, uh, heat vision, superhuman strength. But like I said, most of the characters like Cersei in the comic books, she has those similar powers as well as Icarus and a few other folks. There's some certain powers make them a little different in the comic books. Like uh, the the speedster and I forgot my... my um, Makai, or, uh, forgot the name of it, but, um, her, um, well, her powers, even though in the comic books, uh, she's a guy, and, you know, her powers, you know, is mainly superhuman speed, and that's cool, nothing's wrong with that, I mean, that's actually kind of cool, but, um, 
but I don't know. I just feel bad because it's like there were some cool points in the movie, but I think it's just like for even for the characters that they have, you, I couldn't really get too involved with most of their characters. I really can't because is like you got all this stuff going on, too many flashbacks, and then this forced relationship that's supposed to span for what f- like 5000 years and then you know going through all these bl- uh backtracking stories you don't see how they broke up you know all you find out is that Icarus left and why did he leave and then when did he come back and just a lot of things that was going on in the film to me it was like all force trying to squeeze everything all into two hours and some odd minutes. And that's pretty bad. And as short, I mean, and keep in mind, like I'm this is coming from the guy who sat there and actually watched Justice League's Snyder Cut through four hours and did not lose a beat. So that's the thing to me that you know, I don't know why, but it feels like Marvel, well, the MCU has an issue with dealing with cosmic level characters. I mean, and it's it's funny how I say that because it's like since Thor, since Taika Waititi took an over and did Thor Ragnarok, it's gotten better. And James Gunn was doing Guardians of the Galaxy, which, you know, he he focused on certain things. And I don't know. It just anything else beyond that. I mean, when you're dealing with cosmic level beings like, you know, the Eternals and humans, I mean, you know, when you got focus, when you're focusing your attention like on Thanos or whatnot and. You know, the thing is about, and that's another thing, the thing with, oh, why weren't the Eternals involved with the whole situation? Like, you know, where were the Eternals at when all this stuff was going on? I mean, I could see why and what was going on. Some kind of reason why, like, I can understand some kind of reason why they were there. They weren't involved. But even still, I mean, I feel like that's just kind of like a cop-out. I mean, eh, I don't know. I mean, to me, I feel Eternals is probably one of the weakest Marvel films next to, like, Captain Marvel and maybe, what, Thor Dark World was probably one of their weakest films. And so and this is supposed to be one of their, like, top of the, like, run at the mill like films and it really didn't do that did really didn't do that much justice and quite as kept i feel bad because you know keep in mind like for the lineage of like the eternals characters or anything that's done by jack kirby i love jack kirby jack kirby is one of my favorite comic book artists also, he was responsible with the, with Jim Lee, 
I mean, uh, Stanley, sorry, that he was responsible for characters like, uh, you know, he was responsible for characters like the Eternals, the Inhumans. He was responsible for folks like the Incredible Hulk and, you know, Darkseid. Um, and that's my thing. It's like, you know, for those characters, you wa- I want to like these characters. I mean, there's no way in hell that you should have this much of an issue or like, or just keep things away. Like, especially when you're dealing with cosmic level shit should stay further away from the earth as much as possible, you know, and how the Eternals, how it ended. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say there was some, it was all bad, but for all the good stuff that was in it, I mean, some of the characters was cool, but it was nothing that I could really say, like, I really cared, or, like, some of these characters were in, uh, like, maybe except for, like, Gilgamesh, he was cool, um, Festos was cool, everybody likes Kingo, but, I mean, Kingo was alright. I mean, Druig was actually better than Kingo in my aspect. And for the, his his um, reasons for what he was doing. And I kind of felt like what Kingo was like, you know, we have the ability to help and guide these people, but we can't use our powers. Why not? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I kind of agree. Why are we here if all we're doing is just allowing them to just run its course? But the the main reasoning why is that the Celestials are trying to create a new Celestial, and all they can um, the Celestials are created from planets, which I'm starting to trying to figure out. Like, how is all this going to tie in later on when they're starting to explain a few other? Characters like um, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Eros. Eros said that he was an Eternal, but they kind of changed that to some degree. I want to see where all that comes into place where the explanation kicks in. Because, I mean, in the comic books, Eros is not a an Eternal. He's actually a living planet. So... And a powerful living planet at that. So, oh man, trying to see how that turns out. But, I mean, I trust MCU when they kind of explain certain things. And to me, I feel like The Eternals honestly shouldn't even be a movie. It really should be a Disney Plus kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? It should be more of a Disney Plus like series than a movie because... You can explain all of that a little bit more. You can focus on different stories of, like, um, the different characters um, in the movie's backs. I mean, in the show's backstory, rather than trying to force everything all at once. So, yeah, man, it's it's a trip. I mean, I do like the, the stuff that they added in. Um, I like how... Uh, Dane Whitman, also known as the Black Knight, 
made his appearance. Well, I mean, not in full costume, but you see eventually he's about to come out and do his thing. Also, you, the, the, that's what I could say about the movie that was cool. Like the, the two ending credits of the film, like, you know how Marvel always, uh, the MCU loves doing their back, uh, doing the little credit, um, scenes at the end, and the mid, in the mid part, and the end part, so, I actually give that one some credit, um, man, quick fire review on how the Eternals would be, honestly, I feel like I give it I give it a low 6. A low 6 out of 10. I mean, for all the things that they... Well, well, I'm not going to do that just yet. Because there's still some things... Like I said, with the character development... Like, some of the characters who I was more interested in... Really didn't have much of a backstory. But for the characters who had a story... And all the stuff that was going on... Like, Sprite and... And Icarus, like, you, everybody's motivations were slightly different. It it was supposed to be a love story and a family story, but there was really no connection to them. Like, really no family dynamic. And it was kind of bland. It was bland. And, yeah, I'm going to give this one a... A low six, I would say a 5.5, but I mean, you can still see some kind of enjoyment out of it. There, I mean, there's some enjoyment out of it with, like, the presence of the Celestials and, you know, the guest appearance of, like, Dane Whitman, who will eventually become the Black Knight, um, the special mystery in at the end of the the movie um so i don't know i don't know <laughs> it's crazy but i give it a solid six so either way you guys oh boy that is a trip Mm-mm-mm. but either way I mean, of course, I put that on a down note, but either way, this is the quickfire review slash in my mind segment on the late for the party on late for the party the show episode six on Anchor FM. Mm. But uh, either way, you guys, I'm gonna get off the hook so I could set up for the next segment eventually. Where the next segment, I will be talking about Peacemaker and the Moon Knight trailer and possible possible daredevil return to getting his own series possibly so that will be on the next episode this is episode six that one will be episode seven so either way you guys i am your host melodious aka cover boy the martyr marvel signing off and as always like always you guys also check out all the cool late for the party merch on teespring.com you can also check out all the. Uh, <laughs> you can check out all my platform. Um, bleh, you can also check out the Late for the Party podcast on Anchor FM, but also all ten platforms like Spotify, Castbox, all that listening pleasure goodness. So either way, like I said, and as always, if you're going to be late for the party, turn it up to eleven. <laughs>